Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always is your cobbly expert, Sarah. Hello! Oh my goodness, what's happening this weekend, Dan? Oh, I think we'll just watch a bunch of rocks, maybe some moss growing on them, you know, stuff like that. What about you? Oh, I, I, you know, I don't think I don't think I watched the race this weekend. I hear it's pretty boring. Well, you know, apparently it's all just short, stabby, climby hills over cobbles, and you know, people dying and then coming back to life and zombie riding their bikes and stuff. So, not much going on at all, really. Oh, Flanders, Dan, Flanders. I know, I know. The perfect excuse to swill Belgian beer and uh, and watch awesome, fucking, brilliant bike racing. Well. <sighs> You know, envision brilliant fucking bike racing. <laughs> you see, I was so excited last weekend. So, so, so excited because Binder, Trofeo Binder, is one of my favourite races. I love the way they organise it. I love the way they publicise it. I love getting an hour of the race on ride to Sport 2 afterwards. And, mm. yeah, and it was a great race. And It was a bloody freezing really race again. It's a bloody amazing race. Yeah. And, and... You know, Ronda van Vlaanderen is so exciting and so brilliant. But yeah, I'm trying not to think about the fact I'll never get to see it. <laughs> well, I'm just really curious because, you know, Belgium is, for for most cycling fans, Belgium is like our holy place. It's it's our our Israel, you know, where all the all the really holy parts of cycling exist. And yet, I find it utterly amazing that, you know, like... This is the day of one of the monuments in cycling, one of the greatest races. And it's it's really cool that we have a women's race. Why the fuck can't we see it? Like, Belgium, hello, are you sexist? Is that what's going on? I don't understand. This makes no sense. You've got cameras there. You've got fixed position cameras in key places and shit, too. Um, uh, you love cycling more than anyone else in the world. What the fuck, Belgium? What the fuck? <laughs> Like, seriously, I love you, I love your beer, I love your bike racing, I love everything, except, what the fuck? Like, really. But, but, last weekend, how good was the racing? I just, it was it's just this season is so good already, mm. and I'm mm. thinking, was it the same as last, same last year, or is it just, it's just brilliant? It may be cold and shitting down with rain and appalling and frozen eyeballs every time you leave the house, but, oh my god, the racing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, um, man, it's just really, really, I don't know. I think, I think what we're seeing now is the sort of, you know, what I would classify as like we're in the third year of like a three year growth spurt in women's cycling in terms of, um, particularly the level of comp competition. Um, you know, it, it's, well, to, to coin a, a phrase, I'm going to dub it the, the Mariana Voss effect, where, you know, she's such a strong and dynamic and, and dominant rider. But as, as you've mentioned repeatedly, when you talk to other women cyclists, they're really excited and, and um, charged up by this because it, it pushes everyone and it, it lifts everyone. And, and I think that's what we're seeing is that the the growth of the sport in terms of its competitiveness and its rivalries and abilities of different people to win in different situations 
is really reaching one of those pinnacle times where we've got great matchups and great contenders in all these races, and and so it it is just really really exciting, and in a lot of ways it makes it a great time to you know to be a fan because we're getting some of the best most consistent exciting amazing racing that that you could hope to see yeah even if we can't see it <laughs> boom, boom. so <sighs> binder i mean last weekend was mad wasn't it, mm. wasn't it there five races going on yeah it was a huge weekend it was it was actually a great lead into to the next couple of weeks anyway just because you know big big classics time um but yeah binder was particularly ridiculous just because of the the temperature and the you know, I I honestly can't say that I know what it like is like to ride in the snow because I live in a country where it basically doesn't snow except on two hills for like three days of the year. Um, so I don't know, but I imagine based on my own experiences that riding in the snow would be better than riding in freezing rain, which is what the, they were riding in at Binder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it normally every year in it's in the Varese Trofeo Alfredo Binder. It's in um, it's based around Sitiglio on the shores of Lake Maggiore in the Varese province of, of Italy, and it rains every every spring. It just rains and rains, but it's not normally this fucking cold. Mm. I think it was like one of those maximum four degrees, and you know, yeah. fog on the hills and freezing icy winds and people mm. saying i have literally never been as cold as i was in my in my life and it, again and it, it's yeah yeah and yeah. yet wasn't it a beautiful race i mean the course is just lovely because they go out on a 54 kilometer loop and then they come in for four 17 kilometer laps um so the big loop has got a big hill in it and then the laps have got this wicked little hill um it's really sharp and steep and then on the way down it has hairpins and they <laughs> there's a mattress that's been taped to one of the hairpins because people tend to come off and crash into that point <laughs> it's like you know you are in for a good race but yeah and then it has a then it comes down goes through the town goes through the town has an uphill finish and it's a really mm. so it's a good race you know people in this in Citiglio in the little loop they cross you know they cro they start there they cross there when they um come through for the laps and then they have the four you know the, the four times over the lap so it's a good race for spectators as well yeah and yeah yeah and it it really was a great race but i mean the the thing that i I, I do have to know, and I've been delaying, I, I have to acknowledge, but I, I have been delaying a little bit because, you know, I know what you want to talk about most in relation to this race. And, um, <laughs> and I've, kind of, I've kind of been putting it off a bit because um, for, for casu casual listeners to the podcast, you may or may not know that Sarah has developed this theory that she's the most important person in the world yes, in women's cycling. That's not true! And that if... If a rider will oh, do themselves so a favour, do themselves a favour and conduct an interview with her, she will guarantee them a race win. That's not true at all. Well, how do you explain the winner of, of Binder then? I just think I... So, just before the Trofeo Alfredo Binder, I've got this new theory with... Po I, I write on this website called Podium Cafe. Um, it's It doesn't pay me anything. It's just this lovely, lovely blog and we have conversations and it's where I met Dan um, and 
yeah and I love it and this year I said I didn't really want to write race previews anymore because I'm not very good at them and they take me hours but instead I want to interview a rider who knows about the race mm-hmm. and I thought and, and someone who I think might do quite well and I thought I'd like to interview Elisa Longo Borghini of High Tech Products, you, you, uh, High Tech Products UCK. Anyway, um, Elisa, she's a local rider. It's like these are her local roads. She's Italian. She's always done well in these. And she was third in the, in the World Championships last, last year. So I interviewed her before the race. And then she won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, exactly. It's, I think it's more that I know who to ask than Oh yeah, right, right, sure So you haven't been running around um, Just hitting up everyone in the peloton Going, I can get you a race win I can get you a race win Just, you know, do an interview, I'll get you a race win <laughs> I've seen your Twitter, lady I've seen your Twitter You're just pumping those out all the time I mean, it was... So we've given away the ending. Again, we're so bad at this building dramatic tension and stuff. We're a bit shit. Um, yeah, it's my fault again. I, I do accept the blame. I just can't wait that long to, to start <laughs> start teasing you. Uh, some kind of character flaw. It's probably because, yeah. of, probably because I know you. <laughs> an, and so, I don't know what that says. <laughs> and so I, I must tease you immediately. <laughs> It was, I mean, I did, to be honest, I, 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 I really wanted Elisa to do well. And she said in the interview, she said, which I don't know whether it was a great piece of sandbagging or not, but she said before the race, I, she's just come back off a minor training injury. She said, you know, when you come back from a training injury, you just, you're just happy to be racing again. Mm. So just finishing the race would be good. <laughs> And she said, just finishing the race or getting a top 20 place, or if I win, of course, she laughed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was a great, oh, it's an interesting race. This is, this was the, this is the 39th year of the race and it's been a World Cup for six years and it used to be dominated by the Italians and then, for the, but then no Italian has won it since the year 2000. And for the last seven years, only three riders have won it. Um, Nicole Cook, Emma Pooley twice, and Mariana Voss three times. Oh, shit, that's the last six years. But anyway, math's not my strong point. So, yeah, it, and if Voss had won it, it would have been, she'd have been the only rider to ever win it four times. Yes. And, you know, I, I was, you know, I was, it, yeah. So the race started. It's It's pouring with rain. And... Orica did that really interesting Orica tactic that they're doing at the moment, which is just send their riders send up the, the whole, road. Send the whole time. team up the road. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, and make everyone else chase the fuck out of them, yeah. which, you know... I- I'm just amazed at how regularly they're able to put 14 riders in the break. I mean, <laughs> I actually thought it was illegal, but it turns out that they can actually put 27 riders in the break and, um, and just get away with it. It's probably a little bit big for the ideal break, but, you know, it seems to, seems to be working out really well for them. Yep. Yeah, well, they had um, so on the first on the climb on the first lap, um, there'd been various attacks and captures and stuff. But the big, the, but the first break was um, Orica's Shari Gillow, Lotto's Ash Mormon, Caroline Canuel of VNA Futuroscope, and Jesse Darms of Bowles Dolmens. Mm. And that's a great break because Mormon and Mormon and Gillow are really good uh, TT TT riders, and they stayed away halfway around the first lap and then. So halfway around the loop, and then they got caught on the first lap. Mm. 
Yep. Now, these laps are where the action happens. The action hits off, kicks off in the first, and, you, and it just... I say this before, but it's a very attritional race. And someone on Twitter was saying afterwards that they were quite surprised that like over half the field didn't finish the race. Mm. But mm. actually, that's what you expect because, um, you know, it's cold, it's nasty. You can be just dropped off in the first in the first 50K. Look, you know, if you're dropped off. I'm not ashamed to say I didn't finish the race. <laughs> it, happens, it happens to the best of us, you know. Yeah, but they, um, yeah, so they... And then, so as soon as they got caught, it was, uh, it was, uh, it, there was, there were, there were attacks, and the next attack was Mulman got caught and just went off again with, um, with Amanda Spratt of Orica. And then Elisa Bong- Longo Borghini attacked with Amanda Spratt, and that was, and at this point, I'm like, yay, Elisa, yay, because she'd had a really hard, she'd had, a, it'd been an interesting race because she, she'd punctured, and, had a hard time getting back to the bunch of the, back to the front of the peloton and you know her her teammate Rachel Nalen had given her her wheel so that she could get back into the so she could get back into the race oh teammates aren't they lovely and yeah so they were taking off and I was like yeah I would love this to stay away but you know you're reading the twitter comments the twitter updates and yeah Mariana Voss is on the front of the brake pulling it back and you're like yeah sorry Elisa you're mm. probably fucked so you know, she got like a minute and thirty-four, and this was on, you know, the end of the and, and at the end of the second lap, she and uh, Spratty crossed together, and you're like, yeah, this is amazing, this is great, but she won't stay away. Yep. Except <laughs> on the third lap, as she went over the hill, she attacked and dropped Spratt and was out there solo, and like, okay, this is interesting. And then you know, the tweets are coming through. Mariana's on the front of the Mariana's on the front of the bunch. This is, you know, they're working really hard. But Longo Borghini's lead went up. Hmm. <laughs> that that does seem like um, it's counter to the purposes what? of the chase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not what you expect. And then she's riding, 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 and she basically stayed away for a solo win. And there's this lovely little bit on the on the in the clip where the car is allowed to pull alongside her, and they the DS obviously says something to her, and she looks and she just pumps her fist and she's smiling, and it's, oh and then she just rides in and she's a local girl, all her friends and family there. She was capitalised. Her nieces were at the finish line. You know nice. this was just this is her first World Cup win. It's a f- major. It's important. It's the high tech product's first World Cup win. Mm. Just mm. super special on her home soil. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. it was beautiful. It was a great win. And, it, you know, it, it was a really cool, I mean, as you say, like, you know, high tech are one of those um, great sort of teams that you love to to be a fan of because they're, you know, they're the little team who does big sort of thing. Yeah. You know. Um, and Carl's a really cool dude who, you know, tweets races for us and interacts with people really well and all that sort of stuff as well. And they've got a bunch of, like, a ridiculously great bunch of riders too. Um, yeah. You know, and and also, you know, there, there was a lot going on. And as we, we said at the start, it was, like, just an atrocious day anyway in terms of the weather and, you know, conditions. And, yeah. you know, so all of that coming together, bloody exciting. 
It was yeah. yeah, yeah, great. And even even um watching, you know, just the short highlights that the are on the UCI channel. Um uh, the you know, the 5-minute recap was was exciting and and great. Uh but I actually did take the time to go watch the the full right hour of um of coverage, which was awesome. Yeah. Mm. I mean, my only criticism of the Rye coverage was, and and I'm not blaming them at all, they're an Italian channel, um, was that at the end, they were the camera was pretty much solidly focused for the last 15 minutes on Elisa. And I really wanted to know what happened behind, mm. because you've got Mariana Voss pulling on the front, and I'm assuming no one else helping her. But then there are also riders pinging off the front just to really piss Voss off. Yeah. So um, there was Lisa Brunauer from High Tech had a had a dig, and so you've got this similar two two pronged thing going on. So you've got well three pronged because you've got Elisa out at the front, then you've got Amanda Spratt um, in the middle, kind of like she couldn't really, she never really, she couldn't catch Elisa, but the peloton couldn't catch her, and yeah. then you've got the peloton, mm-hmm. and this is probably a group of around twenty five thirty riders, you know, yep. at this point it's less of a peloton and more of a big bunch, but just what happened what what was going on i just really would have loved to see that too and and it was and all massive thanks to richie steege who's the dolman's mechanic and carl lima who's the high-tech manager and manella camera who's the ds of uh tibco because their coverage they're tweeting while they've got other things going on and Mm. other jobs and stuff like that and they still make it super exciting it's not as good as seeing it but if we you know but they do their job really really well and there was a great, um, there was a great uh, live uh, live thread too, and that was just by Julia Del Mayo, and that was just a, a live uh, ticker, and it's just so exciting. But anyway, what happens? We've got Elisa Spratt bunch, mm. and then I don't know how this came about, but Ellen Van Dyke attacked, and with 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 Emma Johansson. I know, and they're normally so reticent, those two. They just sit back and, <laughs> and wait for things to happen. I, I was really surprised. <laughs> I loved Ellen's tweets after the race. Um, <laughs> Ellen, Ellen is known as a, a time trial superstar and, uh, and a sprint, and a sprinter. And she's very, you know, that's, when you watch her in the sprint train for Ina Yoko, Ina, 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 Ina Yoko Teutenberg, it's just she's fantastic, mm. and but she's had this tweet afterwards saying, "I was a bit surprised to get over the hills." <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway, so there was Ellen and Ellen and Emma, and they caught Spratty, and Spratty, having been caught by her own teammate and someone else, just starts working her ass off on the you know for, to, to 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 help Emma. Yeah. So that which was lovely, lovely teamwork. I mean, Amanda Spratt just deserves some kind of medal. She's fantastic. So. Then you've got on the clips, you can see them coming into the town um, after after Elisa's one, and Spratty's on the front, then Ellen, then Emma, and then Spratt, and then I, you know, it's like one of those weird things. Ellen Van Dyke gets over the hill, and then Emma Johansson out sprints Van Dyke. It's like, wow, this is great. I love how it unexpected was, that was. It was opposite day, yeah. Yeah, it was opposite day, and Ellen has been having an amazing season. So mm. it finished with Elisa, Emma Johansson in second. Ellen Van Dyke in third. Yeah. Um, Amanda Spratt finishing, looking like she was absolutely exhausted, exhausted girl. I'm um, pretty sure she in. was faking it. She she wasn't tired at all. <laughs> she she'd barely done any work all day. It was a pretty crucial <laughs> day in the office for her. Yeah. And then Chantal Blark from Tipco, Dutch young Dutch rider who 
had a she's had a lot a couple of really horrible crashes already this season. She brought home the bunch at mm. fifth place, two minutes twenty one behind. Um, Voss in sixth, um, just behind Chantal, um, and Voss kept her leader's jersey. Yeah. So all in all, really good, really interesting top ten. Really um, interesting Luton. and an amazing setup for for the week ahead. Sorry, I should have let you round out the top. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should have. I'm mean, sorry. Hello and welcome to Interrupty Bastard with Dan. <laughs> I'm used to it that by now, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anamit van Vluten in seventh. Um, Longo Borghini's young Italian teammate Rossello Ratto in eighth. Mm. Um, Anna van der Breggen from Sengers in ninth, and Carmen Small McNellis in tenth. And what an interesting set of riders! They're all quite they're all quite young. Um, well, apart from you know they're all quite young apart from Anamique uh, in that bet. And Rosella's very young. Anna van der Breggen. I mean, her season last year was was one of the best opening seasons. You know, one of the best. Mm, mm. Development seasons, and then Carmen Small. I'm so happy for Carmen. Carmen signed. Carmen's been racing with Team USA, but has been more riding on the USA circuit. Yep. And Specialized signed her. And seriously, this is why Christy Scrimjaw so fucking good at her job. What a great signing! I'm really happy for her. Congratulations, and um, Anamique. If you want to track Sarah down and take your revenge for her calling you old, just let me know. <laughs> Older, relatively speaking. <laughs> Elise, is, Elise is only twenty-one. Is that the know? sound of? Is that the sound of backpedaling? I hear. Backpedaling. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> um, okay, the young, you know. Anyway, I'll just shut up now because I'll be stopping. But this is also Emma Johansson. I mean, what is this? Is this her eighth race? She's ended up on the podium with. She's raced eight races or something like that, and eat in Europe this season, yep. and each time has been on the podium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I was going to say though, at least it, you know she's taken a step up, like literally. So you yeah. know that's that's positive. And the question now on everyone's lips, um, as everyone mouths the question with me, is: Will she take that final step this Sunday? Mm-hmm. 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 But you know, let's save that for for a little later on. Um, you know, when we're ready to to get into full preview mode i mean the other thing the other thing about seeing amanda spratt was before the race i'd really loved the little banter between spratty and her teammate jesse mclean so she had this little tweet going, my housemate jesse Jess, my housemate is finding it hard to psych up for ergo because of the rain a bit awkward when i'm leaving soon to race in it <laughs> <laughs> and so jesse tweeted back taking inspiration from milan san, san remo i put the ergo out in the rain and i'll attack until my eyeball freezes <laughs> But then later on in the race, there was uh, Jesse tweeting about him, you know, reading about Amanda being out there. And she tweeted, oh, my God, Amanda Spratt is making me pace like an anxious parent. Come on. Wish it was on TV so I could yell and jump. Don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. Oh, just I like I like seeing that how much they you know how much they like each other and yeah. you know they those two have raced together on the Australian national team and now now Orica and you know Jessie's a really a really good she's one of those really good teammates to have I think you know she just comes across as really mellow and smiley and happy and calm and yeah except for when she's jumping up and down and going oh my god and and not knowing what to do with her hands 
So, I know. pro tip, Jesse, don't take up smoking. That's bad for you. Yeah, so um, just happiness, happiness. And, you know, I'm a huge, huge, massive fan of Mariana Voss, but it's also it's also a good thing for the season that she hasn't won everything. <laughs> well, it's actually, I think, one of the really interesting things because one of the things that I am not struggling with but just, like, consistently curious about is I, I'm wondering whether we're starting to see Mariana be more selective in the races that she's trying to peak for. Yeah. You know? Uh, I mean, I could be completely wrong. That's pure conjecture based on nothing, but I I suspect that may be the case. Well, and there's another race to talk about first, but Mm. Flanders is one of the very few races Mariana has Has entered and not won. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so So, that, that was in the back of my mind watching Binder was... You know, just just that question: Is she is she actually just holding on to a bit of uh, of form to yeah. um, to smash the shit out of everyone this weekend? <laughs> you know. I mean, the other race that was going on. So so Alfredo Binder is like the big race of the weekend. Mm. There's no question. But the other race was Kent Weathergun. Um This is uh, it's the women's race at the same time as the men's race. Some people think that Hent Wevelgem should be a World Cup too and, you know, suggest that Trofea Binder should move their date. And I'm kind of like, well, not really. This is like only the second or third time that Hent Wevelgem has run a women's race and they moved their date to be here in the first place. So, you know. Um, well, it's also one of those really interesting things where, you know, you get that... that um, thread of conversation around, you know, should more should men's races be required to have a women's race, and um, and it, and it's interesting because um, it's seen as a you know reasonably serious prelude to the men's cobbled um, monuments, and and so it is a pretty big race, whereas Binda isn't um, a race that was set up to accompany a men's race. Um, and so, you know, to, to someone who's not, a um, as yet fully converted women's cycling fan, because there are two types of people in the world, friends, there are women's cycling fans and as yet not fully converted women's cycling fans. Um, <laughs> women's cycling fans and people who don't know they're women's cycling fans yet. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and, and people who fall into that latter group, um, may not realize that, that, you know, just because a race is is significant on the men's calendar doesn't automatically make it equally as significant on yeah. the women's. Yeah. Mm. And I mean this is or or you know Drenthe has Drenthe has the men's race but the men's race isn't I mean the women's race is so spectacular and this is why I like the World Cup. I love the World Cup because it has that mix. The first four races you've got you've got Drenthe which has a men's race but it's all the weekend is all about the women. Yep. I mean, no question. Then you've got Binder, which has got this long history. It's it's really really well supported. It's a really great race, and this is why I you know this is why I don't want to be in a situation where all men's races have to have women's races because yep. I want races like Drenthe and Binder to be celebrated for what they are yep. fucking great races. Yeah. Then you have Flanders, and then you have Flesh. Yeah. And you know, and as we'll see with Flanders the downside of having your women's race at the same time as a men's race is you don't get any fucking TV coverage. Uh, anyway, Hent Weathergun. It's hard, it's cobbly, it's a kind of one for the cobbly tough sprinters. And 
that if you look down the start list and thought, oh, Kirsten Veeld is racing, I wonder who'll win. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was one which has Kirsten Veeld written all over it in giant marker pen. It was like, yes. She stayed um, up quite late the night before doing that, so, yeah. <laughs> went through, went so, through several marker pens. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, and and the women's race, the men's race was shortened, but the women's race wasn't. But, like, um, uh, Rabobank, Live Giant, had this slight problem on the way there, where their van crashed. Mm. And Iris Slappendell posted a, a tweet of the van having crashed into a pole, and said, actually, it was quite lucky that we crashed into the pole, because otherwise we'd have tipped over into our backs into the ditch. And so half of their team didn't ride, not because they were hurt, but because they were in shock. And uh-huh. that, I mean, I think that's a good decision. I mean, yeah. you don't send riders who are in shock out to ride <laughs> in, in in the snowy frozen wastelands of um a lingering winter in belgium yeah yeah. yeah i mean you know yeah. and, no, and not i mean one... i'm pretty sure the treatments for shock don't include sending someone out to die i, no, I, and... I i'm not a doctor i admit that but i'm pretty <laughs> sure pretty sure conventional medical wisdom does not include sending people out to their frozen death no hmm. no no and it was, um, it was. I think it was a tacky. Um, Argos Shimano really owned this race. They kind of hit. Uh, there was lots and lots of little attacks. Kirsten Veeld hit the Kemmelberg, and again, oh look, she's a sprinter. She excels on the flat. So what the fuck's she doing attacking on the cobbled climb? But you know, it's good for her. It's exactly the perfect Kirsten Veeld climb. I've developed a theory that what's happening is that these sprinters are hitting the uh, because we don't get footage, so it's hard to see exactly what happens. But my theory is what's happening is that teams are forming up sprint trains leading into the climbs. And they're they're just hammering and getting up to full sprint speed. So when Kirsten hits the bottom of the climb, she's doing like 180 miles an hour. (laughs) And then then she actually just coasts up it. But as she crests, she's still doing like 90. And And she's she's a really shit hot descender as well. So, you know, that's the thing. A lot of the sprinters are spectacular descenders so some arm said will say well you know i sprint to the bottom of the climb i i can lose time on the climb but i can gain it back going downhill again isn't it interesting that sprinters and descenders both seem to have that part of the brain that says no if you do this you will die missing (laughs) i think it's because they're trackies as well so kirsten and voss and lizzie uh, you know, they, they start. They're all. They all kind of started out on track, and in track, you just go, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll fall over." What the fuck? Who cares? Let's <laughs> the ride harder. Elbows. You know, they're like. It's just yeah. But yeah, it is. It's no fear. It's a no fear. I'm going to just go in and battle against, Teut- uh, battle against Teutenberg and 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 Voss, and I'm going to win. And fuck it if I die. I don't care. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Tell my mum so, I died doing something I love. Yes. Yeah. So Veeld attacked on the Kemmelberg and she was joined by Van Parsen and another Rabobank. And, but apparently they weren't working too hard and they were basically joined by 14 riders. And it's like, and it's quite interesting reading the tweets. Going, there's 14 riders left in the race. What, seriously? Oh, right, no, there's 14 riders left in contention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just attack, 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 attack. Um, a little small group got away that had Veeld's teammate, Amy Peters. And Amy Peters did it again. I mean, Veeld has been... Veeld is just using this brilliant tactic. We saw it in our drink last year 
to great effect. But that perfect, perfect thing of my teammates up the road, you can chase her. Yeah. Or you can't chase her. I'm yeah. happy either way. By all means, feel free to chase her. I'll just follow along and we'll see what happens in the sprint. <laughs> Evil yeah. luck. Or if, you, or if you don't fancy chasing her, that's yeah. fine with me. I love my teammate. Yeah. I want her to win. Yeah. You know, let's let's grab a coffee after the race, you know? Yeah. I know a good spot. <laughs> uh, I, it's actually it's actually if I were a bike racer at all, and yes, we all know that I'm not, but if I were, that's actually the only race situation that I would really, really enjoy is watching someone else suffer through that devil's choice. Um, do I chase? It, do I not chase? And I'm just sitting there going, I don't really give a fuck either way. I'm having beer tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the last, the last break, the last Amy Peters break, I think it was caught within two kilometres from the finish line. And then, you know, Kirsten. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Kirsten won. Hooray. And Sana Van Parsen in second. And that was great because Van Parsen is a cyclocross rider primarily. But yep. she started off doing quite well. She won one of the World Cups. But then I think she had injuries or sickness in the winter. So it's good to see her on the roads and, you know, racing. And, you know, if you're going to have a day that's good for a cyclocross rider, making it shit tough and freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what you're saying. It's, and she's uh, a, yeah. and, she, and she's when she races cross, her specialities are the kind of fast courses. So yeah. So is it assume. is it true though that that um, she actually rode a cross bike and ran up the climbs? <laughs> is, is she that... hopped over? Yeah, she jumped a couple of fences and um, rode like... through a sand pit just yeah, for fun. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and Kelly Droitz in third. Um, Kelly Droitz, if you don't know her, there's about 79 Droitz siblings, and they all ride very, very fast, and they're this Belgian family. It's like the cycling equivalents of the Von Traps, but without wearing kits made of curtains. And, <laughs> <laughs> and instead of singing, they cycle. <laughs> well, thank fuck for that. More, more musical families should have turned to cycling. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. So, yeah, so that was the racing. Mm, <sighs> mm. Good stuff. It was excellent racing. And we got a whole bunch of really cool shit out of it, didn't we? I mean, blogs and videos and all sorts of stuff. It was a, yeah. it was a great week to be a fan of women's cycling. Yeah. And I've put a link on our site, prowomenscycling.com, <laughs> to the, um, to the, so you can see the videos. Um, that, that there's a post, I put a post of the videos up because, you know, why the fuck not? Exactly. I mean, hell, they're there to watch. Watch them. Yeah. Uh, seriously, and if you haven't seen them already, you will not regret them. They're, they're, it, yeah, it was a great week. Great week. Yeah. And in between, there was also all the videos that came out of team camps, and it's kind of like this little glut of them. Um, I think some, some of them, because uh, so Orica were together in Italy for a week doing TTT training before Binder. Mm. So there's a couple of videos that came out of there. They have a TTT tra training videos. And I did particularly like their how to look good on a bike video. <laughs> that is the most important thing. Yeah, as they say, it doesn't matter how fast you go. Mm. You've mm. got to look good doing it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's um, Which is the yet, yet another way I fail at being a cyclist. So. <laughs> I bet you tuck your glasses in, don't you? Uh, yeah, when I'm wearing... Um, I, I have corrective lenses. So when I'm wearing sunglasses with my um, 
like normal sunglasses. It's over the helmet straps as it should be. But when I'm wearing my normal glasses for some reason, like if I'm not wearing contacts, they go under the straps. I don't know why that is. It's just how it is. Yes. Hmm. But um, everyone really wanted to know that too. So you know, <laughs> trivia with Dan. Woo! Yeah, we'll we'll give you a test on Dan. These are sort of the key facts about Dan that you've learned through listening to our podcast. Would Dan prefer a a beer, b a whiskey, c both of them? <laughs> <laughs> D, a glass of water. <laughs> How would you describe Dan's love life in one adjective? A, beer. B, whiskey. <laughs> C, both. <laughs> How does Dan wear his glasses? Yes. Um, a, did you beer. See... B, <laughs> Did you watch the Cipollini, speaking of drunkenness, did you watch the Cipollini Giordana video? No, I haven't video? seen that one yet. No, no. Oh, my God. You, you have to watch it because there's something special about Italian style. There's things that Italian teams, only Italian teams could pull off. <laughs> and the Cipollini video. Um, when you talk men... about pulling things off and Cipollini in the same sentence, I'm just... <laughs> Oh, good Lord. I... <laughs> Phrasing! I have a pure and decent mind. It's not my fault. Well, Other where, where do you keep me... it? Because you probably need that one. <laughs> anyway, in this video, it's the Cipollini men's and women's teams. Um, and for some reason, they make them up, put them in posh clothes and send them dancing as you do. And then and intercut with shots of them getting on their bikes. So, yeah, um, it's... I guess the only description of it is very Italian. So is it a, is it a you know, dancing on the pedals metaphor sort of thing? Is that what they're going I, for? Or? Tell you what, just, just watch it, Dan. Just watch it, because I actually right. don't have the powers to describe it well enough. All right. Well, we'd we'd better make sure we embed that uh, below the the podcast so that everyone can be horrified together. Yes. Um. I also really really liked the 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 stuff from the specialized camp, um, mm. which was at in the spring. But I really liked their photos and yeah, they had a slide. They slideshows of photos with a photographer talking about the process. They've got part one and part two are out, and part three is out next Wednesday. And I also also really liked the Argos Shimano race video. It was just lovely it was just a really lovely little thing of, of yeah. riders talking about training and why they like riding on their bikes and it's just that mm. video where you watch this and you think yeah i think i'll go for a ride it's actually one of those things that i've noticed this year i'm really excited about and pleased by how many teams have latched on to um short promotional video and and just interesting you know snapshots of team life and stuff like that as a great way to connect um Particularly because the sport itself, like coverage, race coverage, is so bereft of video, generally. It's it's a really, really nice way to, to get um, a better glimpse of teams and riders and races and, and so on. Uh, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I was so distraught that I couldn't see the ride video that Corinne Mazzocchi on, on, on Twitter took pity on me, um, hooked me up to her Skype pointed her laptop at the computer and so I could watch the <laughs> Rye coverage on Skype. 
Jens yeah, and I were having this joke with her that she single-handedly did more to facilitate race coverage than most of the major TV stations have done. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 simultaneously a testament to you know the ingenuity available to us through technology, the generosity of of strangers, your horrific begging skills, <laughs> and and so many things all at once coming together to provide a beautiful moment of illegal web-based cycling broadcasting. Genius. <laughs> Well, as we said last week, we do love the pirates. <laughs> you said that. I make no such claim, and for legal purposes, I uh, am not a real person. <laughs> you're a figment of your own imagination. Oh my god, you're a figment of my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain so much, and suddenly I feel a lot less fucked up. <laughs> I, I've got my concerns about you, though. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh God! So this weekend, Flanders. Mm. Yeah. Can you say can you say the name of the race for me, please, lovely Dan? Oh, you mean the Ronde van Flanderen for Froon? Yes. It's we're now. People keep asking me, how can I watch the Ronde van Vlanderen women's race live? And I have to say to them, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those awesome things, isn't it? Uh, I actually liked, um, I mean, we'll, we'll get onto this in a little more detail in a moment, but at the end of the, you know, Orica, um, as, as we've mentioned before, Orica are doing regular previews of races. And um, this week at the end of their race, they quite nicely linked to Sarah's post on how to watch the race um, observing in brackets you can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have put a quite detailed guide to how to follow the race on our site because you know lots of people keep asking this and it's like it's, it's a simultaneous thing of it's shit that we can't but it's great that we get what we ha- what we do get so you know um, yeah. Again, uh, Manella Camera, for some reason, has decided to leave the land of frozen eyeballs to go to Miami. <laughs> I have no idea why anyone would want to do that. They have alligators, anacondas, pythons, malarial and dengue fever carrying mosquitoes in Miami. And they also have Miamians. Um, I was going to say they have Americans. <laughs> oh, that's mean. I love America. America, you're so beautiful. Mm. Um, so the race... Yes. Oh, 127 kilometers, right? Yep. Um, it starts and finishes in Aldenada. It's not the same course as the men's, but they do cross in various places with the men's course. Yeah. And it's much tougher it, than the men's. The men couldn't actually... They tested the, the women's course for the men a couple of years ago, and um, it, it's not a well-known um, story. It, it, there's been a big cover-up from the UCI, hardly a surprise. But they actually tested um, the women's course on the men about five years back, and the entire field DNF'd. It was uh, a travesty. They actually had to pretend that the race wasn't run, move it by a week, and, and run it again <laughs> on the easier course. It, yeah. Terrible. Everything, terrible. everything Dan says is true. <laughs> so, it kind of starts out, and this is going to be position, position, position. The first climb of the day is the Mollenberg at 38 kilometres. And 
oh god just saying these names just makes me happy the Mollenberg oh I mean, I'm, they don't... I'm just thrilled you know like I mean that's the fucking cool thing it's like at kilometre 38 you know it, it's like you know we get started in the morning you know we spin for a little bit warm up and then shit goes down straight away it's just like yeah. it's all elbows and, and body shots and kidney punches to the first cobble section and the five riders that are left get to actually ride their bikes yeah, and then I mean, I just want to read something from Tiffany Cromwell's preview of this because Tiffany Cromwell, who I hope you remember from winning the Omelette Noiseblatt, but also last year she attacked on the Palestrat and basically pushed the brake, split the peloton, and that was the break. If you hadn't managed to be in that break, you were out of the race. So she's. Um, so she's you just have to read the whole thing because she says it's it's hard it's difficult it's not just about being tough it's also about being crafty knowing when and where to be at all times she says knowledge of the course is imperative because so much can go wrong with one simple mistake hitting a cobble section a few wheels too far back can mean race over this race is known to be cruel like that so she said, just inside the first 40 kilometers after leaving Aldenada, we run into our first challenge the Mollenberg with the Mollenberg coming first and putting a sting into some legs, the race could start to split up over the Paderstrat. The same famous climbs and cobble sections that men do come in quick succession. Reckelberg, Berendries, Valkenberg, Harghoek, Odequaramont and the Peterberg. We must be alert the entire race because it's a fight from beginning to end. Yes, yes it is, yes it is, it's so hard. Mm. Um, yeah, and she's, yeah, it's like, she's talking about how you just do something and then, you, then you're on to the next thing and it's just yeah, great. Yeah. So they go, so it's, it's basically Mollenberg at 38k and then at 43k it's the Paderstraat, which is one of the major sections of cobbles. Mm. And I say major sections of cobbles because, you know, we've got to remember this is Flanders. We've got minor sections of cobbles, the climbs of cobbles. Cobbles are dropping out of the trees just like drop bears. They're getting you. It's amazing. You know, so Paderstraat at 43k, Reckelberg at 52, Berendries at 58, Falkenberg at 63. I mean, they literally bang, 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 go, 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 go. It's just spectacular. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did really like that um, that uh, part of Tiffany's preview where she was saying, you know, like, it's one of those things where literally, like, you, you get through one section and you're immediately looking down to your, your few notes that you've scrawled on a bit of tape to stick to your stem to double-check what's next because you, you've just got to be prepared for... Yeah for, you know, one horrific event after another. Yeah. I mean, basically, the first 38 kilometres after that, you look at it and it's like, well, you know, every less than nine kilometres, there's something ridiculous, you know, mm. just go, 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 go. And they only really stop. So the last, <laughs> the last section, it's like, um, okay, so you're looking through it and you're going, okay, so... Uh, Kreisberg at 91, Alderquaramont at 101, Peterberg at 104, and Hotton, the last climb, at 111. Holy fuck, that's madness. And then, so basically, the, and then they have 16 kilometres of sprinting home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you know, because there should be an easy part to the race, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the end, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a soft finish, we admit, but, you know. <laughs> oh, and um, my other favourite, and, and, and coming at it from a very different... So so Tiffany's is a preview for telling you about the race, but the other one I really liked was Marine de Vries. Oh, what a surprise, I liked something Marine wrote. 
it's shocking. I know. I mean, she can she can barely string two words together, but um, you know, here Marina's, we are. Marina's awesome. She's got this. Uh, she says she's got her her thing about describing the difference between writing it in practice uh, in, and writing it in real life. Mm. And she says, um, "The only thing I can remember is the fight going on right here on this small winding road, winding road to get into the right position." Two years ago, girls literally bashed each other over with their elbows, shoulders, and hips when those first when these were the first cobbles we hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she said, apparently we also rode uphill. I really didn't <laughs> notice it back then. <laughs> uh, too busy trading punches, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's like, it's, yeah, so she's like, um, mm. yeah, she says, she says, the Ronde van Vlaanderen will be a hard race. Super hard, but so beautiful. With good legs, you fly over the cobbles, which makes you feel wonder, like Wonder Woman. Pain in the fingers and fanny, you don't even feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just yeah. So, yeah, mm. Flanders, Flanders, Flanders. So, Flanders. who do you think then? You know, based on on what's been going on in recent races and the you know the various ways that we've seen things unfold, who do you think is going to be there? Fuck, I have no idea. It's so hard. I mean, mm. it's so much luck involved I mean, in this. I there, mean, there's, well, yeah, there's a huge amount of luck, but you know, for example, I, like I'm genuinely very, very curious. Um, you know, I mean, at the moment, you always have to talk about Mariana Voss and always and that sort of thing. But you know, this is, as you say, the race that she hasn't yet bagged. And is that because it's the one race that she can't get, or is no. it because you know the luck hasn't been with her? Is is what we saw last week at Trofeo Binder a an actual, you know, training tactic where she's trying to peak for for this week. You know, what's what's the deal? Well, it's interesting have, because actually, sorry, before we get into that, who have you interviewed this week, Sarah? <laughs> I haven't interviewed anyone this week, but I am going to interview Trixie Warwick hopefully later today. Okay, okay, all right. Bear that in mind, everyone. I think Trixie is a really strong rider who likes the cobbles and the horribleness and things like that. Mm. I mean, so why Voss? Voss came second in 2010 behind Grass for Becca. In 2011, um, she came. It was Grace. It was it, her her teammate Annemiek van Vluten won, and you might have remembered mm. uh, they, they they had a teammate Sarah Duster out up on the road who was caught very very late, probably with about five k to go by the chasing group, and Van Vluten jumped first and it yep. was basically Mariana being super happy to support her teammate yeah, because Van yeah. Vluten jumped and Mariana sat there grinning and then won the sprint for third. Yeah. So Yeah. Getting yeah, getting was, to play that card that I am so fond of, you know, the, the evil card. The evil the card of doom. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, and last year she couldn't write she didn't write it because she had flu. Mm. And you know, and it was, and yeah, and it was, and it was her kind of difficult period last year, last yeah. last year, this this time last year, because, you know, and that's, you know, I am quite open about the fact that I much rather see a rider I really really love struggle sometimes than just see someone just ride through and dominate the whole world. Mm. Mm. You know, it's one of the reasons I, you know, I'm if I had to put money on a rider being clean, I. Which you know I wouldn't if I was forced at gunpoint to put money on a rider being clean, I'd pick Voss. Because she loves it, and she really loves the sport, and she's been outspoken about doping, and you know. But I think that you know when Voss 
you know, last year showed us Voss isn't hu- is is human, mm, mm. and and that's so much the better for the sport and for her and for you know it's great. Well, and I think it also showed us that other riders are getting up to to that level as well. Um, yeah, and and you know that's for me one of the things that's been really exciting is just watching i mean fuck man it's pretty cool like it's great anytime to see in a sport that you you love and care about individuals or teams lifting their their game and getting better but when you're actually witnessing uh abroad across the the whole sport kind of lifting of things yeah you know we're, we're literally witnessing the sport grow and get stronger and better and more competitive and yeah. stuff like it's fucking cool yeah, I mean, it was great when, when a couple of years ago it was Cervelo and HTC showed how teams could lift their game, mm. you know? Mm. I think women's cycling, the criticism of women's cycling before was that it wasn't so, you know, say if you're looking at it 10, 15 years ago, the criticism was it wasn't very tactical, it wasn't very teeny. But that year where it was um, Cervelo versus HTC versus Mariana Voss and um, and Emma Johansson as, you know, riders on, on, on teams with, you know, where they were yep. clearly the stand-up rider... That was just fascinating and brilliant. Mm. And then watching how things have changed. I mean, I loved I loved the Cervelo HTC days, but I like it much better now that the talent's more spread around the peloton. Yep, yep. And, you know, I think someone made a joke last year that every every year over the winter they go away to practice to see what they can improve on to try and beat Mariana. But the trouble is she does too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah. So Mariana, uh, I mean, who? It's really hard to tell because when you look down the list of winners, so Aunt won it last year and in two thousand and eight, and she's mm. kind of a time trialist, um, time trialist GC woman. Yep. Van Vluten won in two thousand eleven. Grasverbeck in ten. Ineoko to- in- Teutenberg in two thousand and nine. And actually, Kirsten Veal's been on the podium so many times. She was third in eight and eleven, and she was second in two thousand and nine. So you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like one that could be won by all sorts. It's just about luck. It's about good luck. Mm-hmm. It's about making your own luck. Yep. You know. It's also, it's, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, my sort of secret hope is that this is the race that that Orica have been building their whole campaign towards. I, I have no reason for thinking that. I just kind of hope it because they've been so aggressive and they have such a ridiculously strong lineup that I'd love to see that really aggressively take off and and you know win something big. Not to take anything away from what they've already done, but you know you know yeah. what I mean. Like just you know I mean yeah I, I would love to see that. Just just would. Yeah, I mean, I've got a feeling. So the riders, I've got a feeling. I mean, Elisa Longo, Elisa said that this is one of the races that she's been targeting. I mean, everyone says it's like one of those things where it's not really a secret. So you're not giving anything away by saying I'm targeting Flanders because every <laughs> fucker's targeting Flanders. <laughs> but you know, um, Ellen, Ellen's had a spectacular season, mm. and you know, I, I'm so so when I look at the bad luck. Specialized Lululemon have had with yep. Evie Stevenson to Teutenberg out with horrible injuries. I look at that and I think, shit, the way that the team's stepping up and dealing with that is great. Yeah. Um, Trixie, <laughs> you know, you've got to be a crafty, good rider, tactical. Mm. And I mean, and it, she's, you know, about to bag the, the much envied Sarah interview. So. <laughs> I mean, but anyone.
one. I mean, it's kind of like, I look down, I look down there and I just think, I have no idea with this race. It could go any way. And all we know is that whoever finishes this race deserves a fucking medal. It's going to be beautiful. I hope it's safe. Um, I hope it's, I hope it's safe and I hope nothing bad happens. I mean, this week we've got another rider out with in a hideous accident watch, Martina Brass, who I really like, Dolman's Bowls. Um, about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, she had a horrible crash and was out and, and fucked her season. Oh, look, history's repeated itself. She's crashed again and had another face, another face plant on the road. Martina, I wish you all the best. Please get well soon. And mm. yeah. But yeah. <sighs> Ah, oh, Flanders. Indeed, indeed. Well, I guess, I guess, given that you can't commit to a firm prediction, we'll just actually have to, you know, follow the race and see who does win. I know. Yeah. Well, and, and, to be, and to be fair, you know, with me and my predictions, I think they'll all win. Yeah. True. True. Um, whereas I, I'm, yeah. Hmm. Do I dare make a prediction? Who do you predict? Give me your podium. Hmm. Nah, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to be drawn into it. If you're not, if you're not committing, I'm not committing. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's also difficult because mm. I mean, Van Dyke's come on the podium for the last two. I mean, I want them all to win, you know, because yeah. when you're looking at it, you're going, "Well, Mariana's never won it before, so I want her to win." Emma Johansson and Orica, well, I want her to win. Then um, Elisa Longo Borghini, that would be great. I want her to win. Um, Ellen Van Dyke, she's been on the podium for the last two World Cups. I want her to win. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah, like, like, yeah. just you just I. Well, and, and I mean, as you say, I mean, that's it's one of the cool things about cycling in general is that you so rarely have, you know, a thing where whoever wins is going to have earned it. They're going to have worked fucking hard. They're, they're going to have gone through something, you know, very, very difficult and trying in, in whatever way. And um, and they're going to be a worthy winner. So yeah. it's kind yeah, yeah. of it's it's just going to be cool either way. So yes, um, I, I share my uh, your expression of a desire for a safe race and um, and a aggressive, attacky, exciting race. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. <sighs> Excellent. Yes, indeed. <sighs> now, as a as a little break from that, mm. I've got a question for you, Dan. I was asked this on Twitter, and it's such a good question that I'm going to ask you as well, okay? Cool. So this came from Jay's Mackey, who's an, who's a, who's a, who's an, yep. an Aussie. Yep. Um, Correct answer is C, beer and whiskey. And the, the, the question is, if you had one choice, more TV coverages or races, which would you go for? One, all the World, world Cup races streamed free and full. Or two, a Strada Bianchi Roma Maxima women's races, for example. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, would you like more coverage or more races? Well, I don't know what you said to, to Jay's uh, in your reply, but myself, I would, um, I would actually opt immediately and without hesitation for the coverage of the existing World Cups because uh, it's my firm belief that with more coverage will be able to demonstrably build a bigger fan base which will in turn lead to more races anyway um, I take the point that that we've lost a lot of races and that we could stand to to re-establish some races but for me if it were a, if it were that kind of either or question that would be that would be the way I'd go mm. you see that that was my answer too I went for the 
genie in the bottle classic answer what's your first wish unlimited wishes (laughs) (laughs) yeah my answer answer was more racist because if we if people no so my answer was more tv because if people saw us on tv we couldn't help but have more racist exactly but but but, yes but here's the thing if it could only be more races and the calendar oh sorry tv tv and the calendar kept as it was or more races, including a women's parry rubai would that change your answer? No, it actually wouldn't. Um, because the thing is, I mean, we, we've literally just spent the best part of the last hour talking about how fucking great the races that we have right now are. And they are. And, again, with all due respect, I'm totally keen to see more races and great races. I'd love to see uh, a Paris-Roubaix um, race for, for the women. Uh, but I would prefer, if, uh, if I had to choose between one or the other, to actually be able to see the races that we have. Yeah. Mm. And intermission two... Yes. Did you ever did you ever come up with the recipe for a polemica cocktail? Um, I'm still experimenting, to be honest. Uh, I I feel like we're getting close, but not completely dialed in. So um, yeah, I I'd, I'd actually like to I'd like to come back to it because I think the key thing for me at the moment is the right mix of which citruses. So. There's a balance to be found that I haven't quite quite hit on yet. But so it's not just it's not just it's not just one whiskey, one beer. <laughs> no, no, that's what I have while I'm ma- while I'm making the the cocktail. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Other things I saw this week, and these are kind of changing the mood a little bit. So I don't know which way to start with, but I well piss um, piss me off first and cheer me up second. Oh, uh, okay. I well, I mm, I well. Hmm. I wonder how. Hmm. <laughs> I'm getting scared. So there is, there's kind of. I, well, it's not pissing you off, but there are some things that kind of showed the other side of cycling this week. And one of the things was um, Colin Ahart wrote about has been riding the Absa Cape Epic, and she has this this blog post this post on um, Total Women's Cycling, where it's called Pain, Injury, and Despair, and she's riding with. Uh, her teammate Rachel Fenton in the women's race and she had to pull out because of a knee injury and it's just it's a really hard really hard thing to read because it's like what happens when you can't ride Mm. and I thought it was a really well written story but it just was really difficult to read you know difficult yeah, and then I was reading about um, Gillian Carlton. Um, Gillian Carlton is a Canadian trackie. She's been signed as a Neo Pro by Specialized Lululemon, and she just recently won the, her first race for the team, which is the Crit at the San Dimas Stage Race. And she's got a blog on bicycling dot com, and she's saying she's got this thing of um, a lot has happened since she last wrote her blog. She was racing for the um, world at the world track championships they just got word that a good coach friend coach and mentor had passed away in vancouver and she says some some athletes are able to use incredibly negative situations to fuel their success Mm. we hear stories of grand tour stages or world championships won after there's been a death in the family by a cyclist riding on pure anger or sadness or some other emotion that makes the pain in the legs feel inconsequential yeah 
I'm not. I am not that kind of athlete. I wish I could react by, by narrowing my focus, by directing my emotion towards the pedals and to, to nothing else. But I cannot. And so I spent most of the track world staring vacantly out of the window of my hotel room, crying in the bathroom at the velodrome in between horribly executed bunch races, or attempting to ride rollers for twenty minutes and giving up halfway. Mm-hmm. So it should not have come to a surprise to anyone, let alone myself, that I underperformed. The conditions for a world-class ride were just not there. Mm-hmm. And she's so she's talking about. And so she talks in her blog about what she did, how she got through that. And she says, when it came time to join my teammates in California in the Sandina stage race last week, I had a smile on my face again. Did I get dropped in the road race? Yes. Did Uh I suffer like crazy in the uphill time trial? I did. But was I happy (laughs) to be there in the sunshine with my amazing teammates riding my bike? You bet. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. That's not that's not piss Dan off material. That's you know inspire us all because you know again it's it's one of the things I like about cycling is that um, even though most of us will never ride or race at that sort of elite level, there's a lot of shared human experience that comes through. Um, you know, and we've all had those moments where it may not be like a, a career threatening or, or, you know, race affecting injury or whatever, but we've all had those times where something's happened and, and it's just too hard or, or even would be foolish to continue on, but it's Mm. really hard to make that decision to stop. You know, it's hard to do that on a, on a solo training ride if you, if you're just not feeling it, you know. And so, yeah, it's one of the things I like is that there's a, I don't know, there's a, there's like a shared bond, um, mm. and also it it is always nice to to get the the stories, the honest stories about, um, you know, the hardships and stuff because it also helps us to share the celebrations in uh yeah. in those those moments of victory and success as well because yeah. yeah you know it's really easy in sport in general we all have a tendency to romanticize sport and and to glibly um gloss over some of the hardship sometimes because mm. uh, well, the sexy stuff is is winning um you know and the the story of having to pull out of a race due to injury is not really, you know, a sexy story in the in the strictest sense. But mm. it's actually quite an important one when you think about it. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. And the other thing that I read this week mm. was on the website Grit and Glimmer. There's a I, I there's a, uh, an article about about a film about a, a film that's being uh, crowdfunded kickstarted at the moment to follow the women's cycling team in Afghanistan. And it says this is from their article. We talk a lot about inviting more women to join the cycling party, about empowering women to pedal and explore and race and just go for it. In so many ways, this project in Afghanistan symbolizes in a very profound way the most important thing that women on bikes movement can achieve. The end of oppression, the facilitation of freedom, a positive contribution to the progression of human rights. Mm. And she says, it is culturally offensive for a woman to ride a bike in Afghanistan. They do it at the risk of their own personal safety of literally a, f- a statement of freedom. Mm. And so the women's team, they're riding on 
borrowed gear and scraped together bikes and there's um so you can there's a film being made about them um which is being kickstarted for but they're also collecting money to take them and kits to take new kits out to take new kit out to Kabul. i mean i can't even imagine we're talking in a place where a little girl can be shot in the head because she wants to go you know because she all she wants to do is go to school you know where there's you know, this is this is just—I have no words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It, it puts life into stark contrast in a way, doesn't it? You know, I'm I, yeah. as I was reading the description, I I was sitting here going, yeah, and I think Sydney traffic's fucking dangerous. Yeah, and it is, but you know, like it is, it's it's a perspective thing. It's yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah cool. Definitely, definitely. So obviously, yeah. we'll we'll be linking through to that and um, and um, making it easy for people to find it. That yeah. sounds sounds very cool. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm moving back. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because mm. you're like, I mean, that's what that's what bicycles. I mean, the, it's it's kind of a trite thing. It's almost become a cliche to talk about how bikes liberated social cl- in Britain. Uh, I mean, in Britain, it's changed social class. It changed people's ability to go and get work it changed the workers role of you know the, the, mm. the, the, you work you didn't just go and work in the in the farm or the factory down the road because that was the only place you could get to you know it gave people the opportunity to explore their own country in ways that you know unless you had unless you were rich or you were you know lived on a farm which my dad would say that meant you were rich um you'd you just didn't you just didn't have it and yeah. the things for women giving women their personal transport mm. you mm. know just yeah. yeah it's it's yeah i'm just yeah i'm in awe um and it's yeah if 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 people if people want to donate either to the kickstarter or to donate gear and stuff to the team the links are yeah. all there interesting yeah yeah cool i like that i actually think yeah. i think maybe we should um look at starting a you know intermittent series on the blog um for for initiatives like that too that's yeah it's probably a good idea you know for us to to add every now and then anything that we find. Yeah. And I'm mentioning that specifically because, you know, um, if people do find stories of cool projects like that or whatever, you know, send us a tweet, email us at... ProWomenCycling.com. No, sorry, email... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... It, it, email ProWomenCycling at gmail.com. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, the other thing I just wanted to talk about was 30 Days of Biking, which is yep. an international thing where encouraging people to ride their bikes every day in April. Yes. Um, starts in April, obviously, in April, 30 Days of Cycling. If you're thinking of, if you've eaten too many chocolate eggs over this Easter period, um, or perhaps drunk too many whiskies on a night out at the whiskey bar, naming no names, Daniel, um, you might want to try it. Sign up, pledge, 30 eaten, days of biking. I have not eaten a single chocolate egg, thank you very much. Okay. I've certainly, got... I've certainly drunk fewer whiskies than you've eaten chocolate eggs. That's <gasps> not true. I've only <laughs> eaten one chocolate egg. <laughs> Dear listener, the man's a liar. Um... <laughs> not 15 minutes ago you said everything I said was true. Oh, how fickle you are. <laughs> um, after, 
And, and the other race, the other race that I can't not mention because I love mm. it so, so much is next week. We also have the first European stage race, the Energy, energy Wash Tour. The Energy Wacht Tour. Energy Wacht Tour. Um, I love this race. They have, oh, they just, it's, it's a Dutch race. So it's like one of those races where you have um, intermediate sprint qualifications that go towards the GC because it's pretty much flat. But it's lovely. It's a race that started out as a day race and has added on stages. It has TV people. They have TV on um, a Dutch TV channel, which, you know, streams a, a, a clips every night and you know, then does a highlights program. And last year it wasn't geo-restricted. The people who run the Twitter are just hilarious. They're really <laughs> friendly and nice and the race has great website. It has really good stuff. It's a really fun race. Watch the Energy Wachter. It's fantastic. And click, if you're listening, click on their, go and have a look on their website because they're just fun. They're good people. They're good people, these people. And we love them. And congratulations for being such a fun race. That starts on the 3rd of April. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that's, uh, that's heaps to look forward to. Lots to read. I think um, I think maybe we should uh, wrap it up before we give everyone overload. There's just one last thing that I wanted to mention, which is that um, in the next couple of days, uh, we'll have the official launch post up to kick off the 2013 extended season of the unofficial unsanctioned social media jersey campaign. So keep your eyes peeled for that post. We'll make a big fuss of it when it's up. Uh, we'll be taking donations uh, to contribute to prizes for writers, and um, as as always was last year, uh, the goal this year is to give more away to more people more often. So um, you know, save those pennies and uh, and get ready to donate big and donate often because we're going to make this year a pretty spectacular, unofficial, unsanctioned social media year. Exactly. Um, thank you for listening. Have a lovely weekend. I hope you have a Belgian beer in one hand, the remote control in the other, and that you have just as good a Ronde van Vlaanderen as we will. Or if you are serious about um, your cobbly cycling races, have a Belgian beer in each hand and <laughs> and your big toe on the... Re- Actually, what the fuck do you need to change anything with the remote for anyway? Just put the races on and just drink and enjoy I- I thought for a minute you were going to say that you hoped they were going to be on their trainers <laughs> riding along with the riders on TV. <laughs> ah. Oh, you're funny. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dan. Have we met before? I like, I like beer and whiskey and beer and whiskey. Oh, <sighs> uh, yeah. Mm. Cool. And cycling. Yes, and cycling. Always the cycling. Uh, And uh, on that happy note, I think we should say goodbye. So, goodbye. Have a lovely week, everyone.